I mean, go look at the pop charts this year and who don't you see from last year? Who don't you see from the year before? But who do you consistently see year after year after year? Those are your superstars, and they're the ones that are willing to make changes when needed. So first off, I just want to say welcome to the podcast. And before we jump into the episode, let me tell you a little bit about myself and what you can expect. I have been in the business now for coming up on 30 years. What we're going to talk about in this podcast are things that go on in my day-to-day life, whether it be as a manager, whether it be as a consultant, whether it be as someone who is creating products that's helping musicians all over the world. If there's something going on in the industry, we're going to talk about it. If there's a strategy that needs to be taught, we're going to talk about it. And if there's some way that I can help get you closer to your goal, then you are in the right place because that's what we are going to talk about here on the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. Now let's jump into the episode. Helping you navigate the music industry, here's Rick Barker with the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. So recently I was invited to be a part of an amazing conversation with Ill Factor from Beat Academy. I was a guest with his private members, and we did a Q&A that the questions were so intriguing and on point that with his permission, I wanted to be able to share them with you. So enjoy this series. I know you're going to get a ton out of it. Also, he has agreed to provide to you uh, a bunch of goodies. All you have to do is go to beatacademy.com forward slash Rick, and you'll get some sounds and things that you can use. It's not often you get to use things from a Grammy-nominated producer. You get them courtesy of Beat Academy. Enjoy this episode. I wish I had a bunch of mics to just drop here and there. But all right. so we've, got, uh, we've got Reva with the next question. Um, I'd like some advice on attracting the right fans online. I've currently got an original song up and a lot of covers. I stick to current pop because that's the type of music I'm pursuing for myself. So I get two main types of people. One, musicians promoting their own music and just want to follow backs. Two, really sketchy people. This has been happening for years now since I started doing covers. So obviously my current plans are not working and I need to make a change. Is an ad the best way to target people? I imagine I would be, that would be my fan base. Are there any other things that I can do? What are some things that you've seen artists do, which feel make a big impact in creating a strong fan base? Sure, Reva, that is a great question. And I love how detailed your audience is. I mean, this makes it so helpful because I don't have to sit there and try to peel the layers of the onion back. They've already opened it wide up for me. So the first thing that you want to do is I've currently got an original song up and a lot of covers Uh, What I would make sure that you're doing is that you're utilizing YouTube for your covers because that is a search engine. YouTube is still the number one discovery tool for music. And then when you make sure that your description is filled out properly, you can then drive people from those covers over to hear your original song. You're always going to get musicians that promote themselves. It sucks. My advice to you is never be that person. What I would do is I would mute and block those people from your social channels because ultimately they're never going to buy your music. They're probably never going to share your music or consume your music. This is your real estate. You have the ability to let your house look however you want it to look. Uh, So if you ever get fans that are being rude or whatever, block them, get rid of them. It's not about the number of followers that you have. It's about the quality 
of mm. followers mm. that yeah. you have. I would much rather have 10 people that did everything I wanted than 100 people that just took up space because what happens right now is that your messaging will never hit everyone. So if you've got your fans loaded up with a bunch of musicians and you post something and you're needing it to hit the consumers, it may not hit them. Facebook doesn't know the difference between the two. So let's make sure we're building the right product there. Ads are definitely the best way to target people. Uh, I just did a uh, an event for the CD Baby DIY Musicians Conference. This video is out there, but it was called Building Your Audience Facebook Ads for a Dollar a Day. And I did a case study with one of my artists where we were taking 30-second cover videos to a minute and a half cover videos to teach reaching original music. We went through a process in order to do that. So you are absolutely correct. The key is showing up every day on your socials and making sure that you're feeding the right audience. You can have the best hamburger stand in the world, but if you open it up in a town of vegetarians, you've pretty much screwed yourself. So let's make sure that you are putting the right product in front of the right person. Utilize Facebook ads, Instagram ads to generate more to go towards those folks uh, and that will help out a lot. But I think you're going to be okay because you ask very thorough questions, Reva, and yeah, you've yeah. got an idea of who you are, which is step number one. Because a lot of people don't. They just throw a whole bunch of stuff out there. You're doing it with a purpose, and I love that. Yeah. And that's what will make a strong fan base. Yeah, and also to realize and we this is something I harbor an, a lot of, of having realistic expectations from the reality. I mean, if for a lot of people who, who are hearing this, they might just be starting to do this. And Reva's been, you know, she's, she's a, a long-term member here and she's been doing, tr you know, trucking at this for a while. And it could easily be so overwhelming and daunting when you don't see the right amount of, of results. You're like, I don't really see it. Therefore, I don't think I'm, I'm good enough. Um, this is a long-term game. This has always oh, been. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And and unfortunately, we're trying to function in a dysfunctional business because our, re our rewards aren't in direct proportion to the work that we put in. And for a lot of people, that's really hard for them to get a grasp on. That's why this business isn't for everyone. The biggest difference between a superstar and, a, and a, an artist that sings really well is work ethic. It's not talent. The talent, wow. it's like there's there's people that are better singers that aren't superstars, but the superstars treat it like a business. The superstars are in it for the long, long yeah. game. Like you just said, it's like they're in it for the long haul. Those people that just want to show up, have a hit song, get on a couple red carpets, they're a dime a dozen. I mean, go look at the pop charts this year and who don't you see from last year? Who don't right. you see from the year before? But who do you consistently see year after year after year? Those are your superstars, and they're the ones that are willing to make changes when needed. They're the ones that are sitting back looking at their business, seeing what's not working. They're the ones that have a team in place that their job every day is to get their message in front of as many people as possible. Other folks are waiting to be discovered. Superstars are dropping it in your lap every mm. single day. So I want you to uh, kind of get that mentality of a superstar because now you've got the same tools. You can wake up every morning and drop your stuff in front of someone and no one can tell you anything. No, mm. sorry, you can't do that. Bullshit. That's, I sure can. No one can stop you from getting your music out there except for you, period. Amen. Woo. Sorry, guys. It's going to get hot in her, so get ready. <laughs> <laughs> Turn down the AC where you're at. And by uh, the way, these are such great questions. They're all going to end up as podcast topics. So yeah, I'll give you credit, Nora. 
Reva, everybody. No, you got it. We're going to take two more questions from the forum, and then I'm going to open up the floor to everybody who's here live to just, you know, I see some of you guys already inputting some questions. So let's go to the next one. Noah Worf is asking, Rick, uh, I'm looking for advice on promoting an album pre-release for independent artists. How do I really get it out there so that when it's released, hopefully people would want to buy it? One other question, any advice on how to network with bigger name artists? I have a favorite band that I wish to someday be an opening band for over my group, but I don't know if that's even possible for an independent artist. Awesome. Yeah, two very good questions. Let's tackle the first part of that. So you're bringing a brand new release and do not make the mistake that most artists make is that they only show up when they need stuff. The worst thing that you can do is be quiet because Sometimes the psychology is, well, I don't have anything to promote right now, so I'm just going to disappear and then I'll show up when I have something to promote. It's like your friend that just shows up when they need crap. You know, we don't like that. We we want what I would do right now to have because you all you said one thing too here that's super important. Want to buy it. People who would want to buy it. What I've learned in the independent space, and I've worked with thousands of artists, and I do a lot of work with Pledge Music, is you need to bring the fans in on the process of making the record. They need to know the stories behind the songs. They need to know the inspiration behind the song. They need to see pictures of you in the studio. You need to make them feel like they were a part of the process. Now, even if this album's already created, which a lot of times... Artists will make the mistake of creating an album first and then going to try to build an audience with it. Basically, at that point, you're asking complete strangers to buy into what it is that you've created. The reason that Taylor was so successful is she wrote the stories of their lives through her eyes. Mm. So what you want to be able to do is make them feel that they were a part of it. Now, Noah, even if you've already recorded this, go backwards, start staging some stuff, start getting some B-roll, getting some footage. Right now, too, unless you have a massive fan base, there's no reason to release an album first. What Mm. you would want to do, in my opinion, is break that album down. If you've got, we'll just do math. If you have 10 tracks, you now have release a new track every couple weeks. And the reason that you want to do it like that now is a lot of people are coming to me going, Rick, I put this song up on Spotify and I had all these monthly users and now they're like disappearing. I'm like, well, have you put up another track? And they're like, well, no. I said, then why would somebody come back every month to hear the same damn song that they've already heard? There's a reason why Drake released 180 songs last year. There's a reason why Russ and some of these folks that are having amazing success online. So you break those songs up. So what it does is every time you post another song, the people get notified that you posted another song. You want to make sure Mm. that when you register your songs that you're using the same ISRC codes on the individual singles and they're the same ISRC code for the track on the album. So the single plays count towards the album plays, but I would split it up and I would release it and I would be okay right now. The new purchase is a play, by the way, Noah. It's really hard for people who don't feel connected to you to part with their money. So that's all in the relationship building side, because the way the world is today, the consumer can consume your product for free. What they're investing in is you. Now to the second question. You have a favorite band that you wish someday to open for? Yes, you and every other band who's a fan of that famous band. So the question is this. What do you bring to the table? Real interesting. We just discussed this last night at my live event here in Nashville. 
bands that are headliners. So your band's probably a headliner. They're going to pick openers based on a couple different things. One is if they really need to sell tickets, they're going to get an artist that's got something hot on the radio right now. Someone that's got a buzz, someone that can help drive butts into the seats. Second one is they really don't need help selling. So they're going to find somebody they feel is a good hang. So it may be a songwriter, maybe a DJ, maybe somebody that they bring out on the road who isn't required to sell tickets, but they just know they're a great hang and their fan base would absolutely love them. The third way is that they go and they try to find a band that's local to that area because they don't have to pay them as much as they would someone else that's traveling with them and that they would also uh, know that you could put, you know, some butts in the seat as well. So the key is whenever you reach out to anyone, start with what you bring to the table not what you feel they can do for you. And that's just a life philosophy to have as well. Yes. You know, you and I discussed that a lot on the podcast that you were a guest on. Yeah. And that's how you got started, you know, as you went in and said, can I do this for you? This is what I feel I can do for you. Too often in the back of our mind, we're like, okay, I know if I got on this stage, it would change my life. Most of the time, though, by the way, just so you know, no and I've had artists in both positions as openers and as headliners – it's it usually you lose money. No one's there early. The time slot that you get to go on, you're not going to necessarily get to go on right before your favorite artist. You may be the fourth actor. A lot of people aren't there to see you. There's no budget in it. It's just a great social proof to be able to take pictures and, you know, build your audience right. that way. But just build that audience, sell that, sell those records, get the streams. If you're not selling records, make sure you're getting streams. And if you're not selling records and not getting streams, you better go back and see if your music's right. Mm. Because if people aren't consuming or sharing your product, it's probably your product. And that's the hardest thing sometimes for an artist to realize. But once again, fantastic questions. Yeah. Wow. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. Remember, there is no one-size-fits-all model when it comes to the music industry. So check out my website, rickbarker.com, take the quiz, and I will send you information specific to you to help make sure that you are on the right track. You've been listening to the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast with Rick Barker. You can follow Rick on Twitter at Rick Barker Music. And remember, you don't drown by falling into the water, you drown by staying there.